Hello, this is Zdeněk from Zdeněk's English Podcast. Are you ready for another episode? I can't hear you. You aren't. If you aren't ready, I suggest that you stop listening. That would kind of make sense because I can't have this. I can't have listeners who are not ready. This is absolutely unacceptable here. Um, in fact, if you aren't ready, I'm not really giving you any choice. This is an order. If you aren't ready, stop listening to the podcast now. You haven't stopped listening. Well, it's either that you are ready or you're rebels. I guess I can make exception if you are rebels. Because rebels belong to the society. And sometimes they can bring revolution. And revolution often means better brand new things. And, of course, on this podcast... We want to be innovative. But first things first, I mustn't forget about uh, expressing my gratitude and thanks to Daniel from Italy, who was so kind to make a logo for Zdenek's English podcast, which is based on the old logo, but this one, and you will agree with me, I think, looks much cooler. He did great job. He's a graphic designer, so the logo was in good hands. And I really appreciate your help, Daniel. Thank you very much again. In future, I would love you to feature in one of my episodes, as you have been listening to the podcast for a long time, and I think you deserve one episode, either as an interview or somehow else. I will work this out later, but I promise I will. Okay? And now, let's go into what I'm supposed to go into, and that is this very episode. Remember uh, how I promised on the previous episode that I would uh, tell you about Crazy English Podcast, which was the podcast which preceded Zdeniak's English Podcast. Uh, remember how I told you I would tell you more about it and give you some samples of the episodes that I did? Well, I'm doing it in this one. I mean, now is the time to do it. By the way, I promised to talk uh, about this in the very first episode of this podcast, in episode number one, and uh, as a coincidence, I happened to have listened to it lately, it was about four days ago, and when I listened to it, I was a bit flabbergasted, I was a bit shocked. Um, to put it simple, it was terrible, really. I don't know if I should be proud of myself for making such huge progress, or ashamed of how I did it at the beginning. I don't know. Either way, uh, this is what you can find on my Dropbox and uh, the link to this will be in the description of uh, the next English Podcast Facebook group or on podomatic.com. But for now, um, all you need to know is that uh, I plan to re-record this episode because I really think it's uh, ghastly and uh, it's just shambolic. I can't have that, of course, because this podcast, it only um, contains um, really exquisite material, right? Nothing to frown upon, really. Who knows if I'm succeeding? It's up to you to judge. I can't be judged for myself, can I, right? Okay, anyway, remember how I promised um, that I would tell you about Crazy English Podcast more? Well, it was a podcast which was much shorter than this one, and... Uh, more or less everything was scripted there, like 99% of the material was scripted. And one of the series that you had a chance to listen regularly there was Pattern Matt. 
And this is what this episode of ZDX English Podcast is going to be about, about Pat and Matt. Are you saying that you still don't know who they are? Well, Pat and Matt are fictional characters from one show from Crazy English Podcast. But not only that, Pat and Matt, it's a Czechoslovakian animated film. I don't know how long this has been on, but a very popular one for kids, especially for kids. It's about two guys who look more like, I don't know, figurines or figures. And they are actually two handymen who screw everything up. Uh, handymen, they, they like to work uh, on their house, you know, like DIY stuff. And uh, these two names became symbol for someone clumsy. When you say, he's like Pat and Matt, what it means in Czech language is that you are not really practically skilled and you cock everything up, so to speak. You break uh, glass and you destroy items and things and you ruin everything. Um, but eventually, somehow, bar miracle, you make it work. And it's usually in an unorthodox way, you know. You find a special way to do it. And in this TV series, they don't usually talk. It's just a bit of music and then the animated film. But in my podcast, in the Crazy English podcast, they used to talk. What I did was that I changed their voices and I uh, wrote a dynamic dialogue full of some idiomatic expressions. And these two characters um, usually had an argument. And the idea was that Matt is the stupid one who doesn't understand the figurative language. He doesn't get it wherever the other one, Pat, the more sophisticated one, uses metaphors or idioms. And um, Matt even sometimes confuses similarly looking words. He gets the meaning every time wrong. You know, he, he always gets the wrong end of the stick. For example, he understands the idioms literally. Uh, the word Idiom itself is idiot for him, etc. And Pat, the other one, he constantly undermines Matt for his stupidity and gives him basically hard time. On the other hand, Matt is a feisty, very touchy guy who takes everything personally. I think you can imagine where this could take us. I mean, there is always um, a row, a, ca uh, a quarrel, an argument uh, because of some language misunderstandings. And the, the whole concept is kind of a parody of English language or something like that. It's just, you know, I, I used to have fun doing this when I was at a university. So, yeah. But um, be it as it may, Pat and Matt will always remain friends, you know. Even though they hate each other sometimes uh, because of these misunderstandings, they are best friends. So what I did for you earlier today is that... Um, I made a dialogue featuring Pat and Matt, so it's like another episode of Crazy English Podcast, in a way. But this time it's it was done exclusively for Zdenek's English Podcast, of course. Um, um, it's not difficult to do this, because I'm the author of both these podcasts, and Crazy English Podcast is no longer up and running. Therefore, it wasn't hard to get uh, the approval of the author, which is me. Uh, I asked myself, uh, I asked my alter ego, my second eye, if I could do this. And the second eye said yes, gave me a green light. So now I'm doing it. Um, so I'm gonna act out this interview, which is scripted, of course. And you can expect change voices, because this is what I did uh, whenever I recorded Pat and Matt. 
uh, one of them has high pitched voice and the other one has even higher pitched voice so I wonder how this is gonna uh, work out for you if you find it interesting or not or if you find it ridiculous um, either way I would be more than happy as usual if you could send me some kind of feedback or tell me what you think about this uh, it really helps me out a lot and yeah what what was it that I wanted to tell you uh, yeah uh, again in this dialogue there will be a lot of idiomatic expressions and you may be asking me why is it that I focused so much on the vocabulary well I can promise that definitely in future uh, I'm gonna focus on different skills in English but for now I'm working on this because I consider this to be my largest weakness and to prepare an episode which um, consists of all these expressions it really helps me so actually I'm doing this podcast for a bit selfish reasons really but I hope you can benefit from it too sometimes people can benefit from other people's selfishry selfish interests right it can happen that you have interests in common uh, in this case I believe it's the interest in English language that we have in common and hopefully we will come to terms now this time I chose idiomatic expressions which I uh, carefully jotted down from Breaking Bad which is the TV series I had I have been watching recently like I started watching it last month and I have finished with all the episodes now and it's been an amazing show I just recommend it to everyone Breaking Bad one of the best shows ever um, for me so of course whenever I watch it I usually have my English subtitles on uh, because I want to understand everything and because sometimes I copy the words or phrases which I find interesting this is exactly what I did and I selected 20 which will feature in this dialogue this dialogue I made for you and I called it vicious circle um, which is as a coincidence one of the phrases I want to teach you so I chose this name for this uh, episode and uh, it's for a reason you will find out in the middle of the dialogue if you find this interesting I'm willing to do more episodes of this sort in future okay so I'm gonna play you this now and if it doesn't take me too much time I'd like to do uh, a quick vocabulary analysis of those 20 expressions I really want to do it as quick as possible this time and as a gift for those of you who hold on listening to the whole episode I may play you the sample of old pattern met episodes from crazy English podcasts so that you get the idea what this was all about. Alright? If I can't manage to squeeze it in this episode, I may do it in the in the following one. If you were actually looking forward to listening to Yirka coming back from the Himalayas, uh, don't worry, you will get this too um, sooner or later. He is back, Yirka is back, and uh, I'm about... I'm about to interview him and record this episode. So, without further ado, this is the dialogue I wrote for you and recorded. Get ready for the original jingle from Pat and Matt. Hello, Matt. Hi, Pat. How are you doing, mate? Actually, my name is Matt. Not mate. Fair enough. Let me just call you MT. Oh my god, Matt. You're what? Where? 
You don't exactly strike me as a religious devotee, Matt. Talking of which, I used to study theology, you know. But I'm a bit rusty on it at the moment. Rusty? Really? I thought you are organic matter. Are you really made of iron? Something like Theon Greyjoy? Well, I'm talking about my current theological knowledge. I used to be better at this. I guess I must have squandered my potential. I should revise instead of engaging myself in this futile conversation, you know. I never study anything. Remember how you told me that I'm an idiot last time? I can't get it out of my head. What are you talking about? I never said that. I said that you don't understand idioms, how they work and stuff. Don't beat yourself up over it. Cheer up, man. I don't beat myself. It would hurt to do so. But I beat guys like you who constantly insult me by telling me that I'm an idiot. For Christ's sake, for the one last time, it's an idiom, not idiot, you idiot. And don't threaten me or I'll take this to court. It might come to you as a surprise, but I never actually mean to offend you. You are my best friend, you know. You are. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. It must be a misunderstanding. I blame it on my busy schedule. It makes me stressed, you know. I've been pretty overworked recently. Yeah, I noticed you've been snowed under lately. Here, in the Czech Republic. No way. We are not in Scandinavia or Siberia. There's no snow here, man. Yeah, that's right. But you never know. You can't rule out the possibility of surprising blizzards or something. Well, safety comes first, as they say in England. I had better get myself a brand new, fully functional, smart jacket. How about a new brain? Are you getting that too? Enough! I'm through talking to you. You're an asshole, Pat. Oh, come on, get off it. Social interaction is really your Achilles heel. Achilles what? What the hell do you mean? Are you insulting me again? No, I'm just saying you struggle socially, Matt. Did it occur to you, Pat, that every word you utter is either complete bullshit or just an unacceptable insult? Stop whining, Matt. Get a grip. Man up. If you actually pull yourself together, I swear to God that I'll make it worth your while. I can teach you some new idioms. Listen, first of all, I'm not a dog. Dogs whine. I don't. I can get a grip and see a man up or whatever, if you will, but it really makes little sense to me. And I'm not pulling anything, especially not myself. Yeah, that's actually pretty smart. You could pull your muscle or something. As a matter of fact, you should refrain from any physical activity whatsoever, as well as the mental one, Pat. I'm not going to sing a song. I'm a bad singer. But I will do something different. Wanna know the details? Yeah. Fill me in. What? Are you a fucking form or gas tank or what? Never mind that. You know, when we talked yesterday about that trip to the forest, yeah? Let's do it next week. The weather is going to be ugly in the next couple of days, you know? So, I think rain check. Yeah, alright. I hate rain. No need to check that. I can imagine. Cats and dogs, for sure. 
Hey, before you start inquiring about these animals, there is one more thing. I'm afraid we will have to take a detour. There is an obstacle in our way. Really? Why? Can't you do anything about it? It's a roadblock. I'm sorry, it's out of my hands. Pick it up then. Oh my god, I want to educate you by telling you an idiom. You misunderstand. I want to explain you what I mean. You misunderstand my explanation. I try to explain the explanation. You don't get that either. It's a vicious circle with you. No matter what I do, you're bound to get it wrong. Why do I even bother? I'm wasting my time here with a half-wit. Shut up! If you learned to talk normally, maybe everything would be alright. No, my problem is that I haven't learned to prioritize. You are my friend. I give you that. And friends come before everything for me. You as my friend, however, is just kidding me. Get a girlfriend then. No, I don't think so. I hate when someone bosses me around. Order around your ass, you know. So get an easygoing one. There are heaps of nice girls out there. That's an idea worth considering. I cannot believe it is actually coming from your head. You see, at the end of the day, I'm the one with clever ideas. Maybe you should give me more credit. Well, the bottom line is, you are my friend. I love you, regardless of your quirks. Well, then maybe, as my friend, you should start with not comparing me to a bottom, you asshole. Listen, dude, I know you think I'm not on your side, but when push comes to shove, I'll stand by your side. I know it is hard with me sometimes. I wasn't born as the brightest man in the world, and I may be a bit touchy, and there is more. Oh, come on, my friend. Don't beat yourself up over it. Some things just can't be changed. Okay, peace, Pat. Peace. Just a peace? But I want the whole bit. Hope you're just kidding. Bye, Matt. See you later, Pat. And I'm not a kid, you know. So, what do you think? What did you make of this, guys? Did you follow? Did you get some of the jokes I tried to include? Well, either way, um, it's time to look at those 20 expressions, uh, those 20 vocabulary items, uh, which I decided to teach you in this episode. And hopefully you will find this useful. Uh, frankly speaking, vast majority of what is going to follow now um, is scripted. Uh, it's written material, I wrote it down because I want you to experience the best English um, that I can possibly produce and uh, unfortunately I'm not able to do this off top of my head so I wrote it down but I'll try to do my best to sound as much naturally as I possibly can uh, while reading this and maybe sometimes I will um, kind of divert from, I will maybe not read exactly what is written and elaborate on what I'm reading, okay? I think I'm capable of doing this. So here we go. The first expression is to strike somebody as, to strike somebody as, which basically means to make impression as a particular type of person. 
Well, let's say you are um, a university teacher about to fail a student. Yes, listeners, that's what we have to do as teachers sometimes. Not only university teachers, but teachers in general. If our students um, don't produce uh, good results um, in the tests, uh, if they don't get enough points, we're bound to fail them, you know. So, yeah, let's say you're a university teacher and you're going to do this to your student, you're going to fail him. So, um, like, it's, it's a spoken exam. And what you do to kind of justify uh, the act the, or the decision you are about to make, um, you have to do this to make the student feel better, of course, you know. You explain uh, your standpoint, you explain why you want to decide the way you want to decide. Uh, your student, um, let's call him Jorge, uh, Jorge doesn't want to give up, of course, uh, while you're explaining him uh, uh, your reasons for wanting to fail him. He doesn't want to give up. Uh, give up. He says, he, he claims that um, he studied day and night, uh, he really did uh, work hard. But um, you're adamant as a teacher, of course, because you're a strict teacher, of course. You should be a strict teacher if you want to uh, be a teacher. And um, you can say to Jorge, for example, Jorge, as much as I would like to believe what you're saying here, you don't exactly strike me as a bookworm. You don't exactly strike me as a bookworm. Uh, which means, uh, for the teacher, Jorge doesn't seem to be uh, the kind of person who would bury himself into books, okay? So, um, Jorge doesn't strike the teacher as someone who would uh, work hard, who would uh, read a lot of books, uh, okay? Another example of this phrase, to strike somebody as, could be, um, uh, have you heard uh, the footballer Mario Balotelli, the Italian footballer, is going to do a PhD, are you kidding? Are you serious? That guy? I don't believe this. He doesn't strike me as an academic. It's just impossible. It's preposterous. That guy with that awful haircut and um, terrible behavior, that ill-tempered footballer. No, I don't. I can't believe my eyes, really. Are you kidding me? Well, yes, I was kidding. That's just an example I created to... Uh, it's just another example, basically, I wrote to um, explain this phrase to my listeners, you know. It's not really true. Sorry for pulling your leg. Okay, another, another one is to be rusty on something. It means not to be as good as, as... Sorry, I will start over. To be rusty on something means not to be as good at something as one used to be. Rust? What is rust? Well, rust is what covers iron when it remains uh, when it remains subjected to weather conditions. Um, I think you don't need to study chemistry or physics to know that uh, iron starts corroding when it's uh, actually outside when it rains rains down on it. It uh, turns into some kind of reddish brownish color. Uh, rusty is an adjective. When something is rusty, it is basically covered, uh, now, huge surprise, it is covered in rust, okay? Rust is a noun. For example, a metal bar 
can be rusty or uh, a water pipe or whatever. Uh, here uh, in the podcast, I use the expression metaphorically. When somebody, if somebody is rusty on something, it means um, that, let's say, uh, you used to know mathematics very well uh, when you were at school, but now, as, as there is no need to use uh, to use it any longer, you don't exactly dig deep into it. So your mathematics have uh, or has become a bit rusty. You have become rusty on it. You personally have become rusty on it. You can do basic mathematical operations, you know, like adding and subtracting and multiplying and what's the last one? Dividing. But um, that's basically all you can do for now, um, sadly. So um, you no longer can do the derivations or integrals or limits or uh, uh, functions or, or equations. Uh, you know, you just, you're just a bit rusty on it. Okay. Um, another another expression is to squander one's potential. To squander one's potential means to waste your potential. Potential is what you can become if you work hard, if you fulfill your potential, if you kind of uh, live up to your ambitions. You're born with a talent maybe and you work hard and if you work hard you can become a successful person in a particular field. Uh, obviously, if you have some intelligence and um, maybe luck a bit. So some gifted sportsmen squander their potential by drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes or taking drugs. Instead of becoming stars, they rot. And we can say they sadly squander their potential. Okay, that's what can happen. And I have seen this happen when I was a young guy. I was about... 15, 16, and there was a really talented football player which played in the same team as I did. And I know he used to play for even a better team, like first league team, but he ended up in the same team with me, uh, because uh, which, which was lower league, because apparently he stole, he stole um, some, some clothes and money of his teammates in the changing room. And then he also um, had problems with, with alcohol and drugs, and that's why he squandered his potential because he was such a talented player. I've never, I've never ever played with a better player before. I can tell you this. Okay, another phrase is to beat oneself up, oneself up over something. Um, it means to be overly self-critical, to criticize oneself too much, to feel guilty. Of one's behavior or actions, full of remorse and regrets for your past actions. You had a friend who got involved in a drug trade, for example. You were trying to talk talk him out of it because you were his friend, right? That's what friends do. Uh, friends try to talk each other out of uh, some dodgy business, of course, because they're good friends, right? Uh, but um, so you were trying to talk him out of it, but and unsuccessfully. You failed, and uh, then he was killed by the drug cartel. Uh, now, of course, you feel guilty because you had a chance. You had a chance to talk to him, but you just gave up. Now you regret not trying hard enough to convince him to stop dealing drugs, and um, as a result, you beat yourself up. You constantly beat yourself up over this. Your friends might tell you, "Don't beat yourself up. There was nothing you could do." 
No one could change this guy's mind. He was so stubborn, so pig-headed, that it was utterly impossible to do anything about this. But you still kind of, you know, you have this remorse, regret uh, at the back of your mind. It's inevitable. Sometimes you have bad dreams, like nightmares about it. And you can say that you beat yourself up over it. Okay, another one is to take something to court. This one shouldn't be too hard. Um, uh, you will take a legal action against someone for something he or she has done to you. That's what it means to take someone uh, to take something to court. It means to force someone to appear in a court to sue someone. Um, what you do is you try to get the justice done uh, because uh, breaking law should lead to justice. Okay. That's uh, the kind of the idea of how it should should work. But, you know, should is not um, 100%, is it? Um, things don't always work out the way we want them to work out, especially in this world. Uh, it's full of um, criminality and full of dishonesty and that full of taking advantage of others, you know, because I believe it's human nature to be... Um, it's part of the human nature to be partly evil, okay? Somebody is evil more, somebody less. Nevertheless, um, where, what was I talking about? I got lost a bit there. That's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, I should be reading this from a script. Uh, it's all in front of me, in front of my eyes here, written down, but um, I don't want to just read it, so I might have got lost in my thoughts there a bit. And I lost the train of thought. I'm sorry, I did. Uh, but um, uh, hopefully it, this stream of consciousness won't bother you that much. And you might even find it interesting in a way. Um, it's certainly a challenge for me to speak to, off top of my head like this sometimes. Especially trying to throw in as many idioms as I possibly can. Because this is the hardest challenge for me. Sometimes I feel up for it. Sometimes I fail, uh, but um, let's hope this time it will work out well and it will uh, uh, come across as a useful episode for you. So I was talking about uh, the phrase, take someone to court. So breaking law should lead to justice, but it doesn't really happen in reality, does it? Often people get away with their actions because they have low morals or the system is wrong, perhaps, that it allows people to bypass it. Uh, to kind of get away with what they do. For example, you're a boss of a large company and you have a female employee who likes to flirt with everyone and she dresses in a kind of, um, how should I put this, in a kind of a way that a guy uh, would um, stare at the girl, you know, like um, maybe a bit of her <clears throat> breasts might be out. Not, not all of them because that would be inappropriate, right? But uh, if it's just a little bit, I mean, it doesn't kill anyone, does it? But this has uh, an effect of, on guys because they are simplistic beings, of course. When they see something like this, um, they tend to behave in a slightly different way than they would behave uh, under normal circumstances, okay? So what, what she does is that she dresses this way and all of the time she has a crush on you and you're obviously a scrupulous uh, person. You are a married guy uh, who would never be unfaithful to, uh, 
to uh, his uh, wife. And but this girl, she keeps harassing you. Basically, she keeps harassing you uh, by flirting with you. And you are a man, so it is hard for you because she's really pretty. You know, she's gorgeous. She's absolutely uh, outstanding. She is a, a fit bird and um, this kind of girl that every guy would uh, go for, uh, regardless of his commitments. Um, and um, she knows. She basically knows how to seduce a man. Um, but, of, of course, you are this well-behaved guy, so you lead kind of an inner fight, and you don't know what to do. But one day, you have a particular, particularly bad day, and there she comes, leaning over your desk, her breasts kind of sticking out, and uh, your reaction is that you see red. You start shouting and threaten her to take this whole intimidation or harassment um, kind of um, action into court. You threaten her to take this to a court. Uh, it's not a good, good example, is it, right? Uh, first of all, most guys wouldn't really say this uh, because, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right to speak like this to women, right? To threaten women in general, isn't it? And uh, secondly, most guys just uh, couldn't resist, you know, they would just... Uh, succumb if if this is the right word uh, they would lose it okay anyway um, another one is to blame something to blame it on sorry another one is to blame it on something uh, to blame it on something means to put the blame on something uh, blaming is something like seeing an uh, an excuse in someone uh, or something for your own failure you you're trying to find a reason for not succeeding for example, you failed an exam, you squandered your potential, um, uh, your teacher told you that you don't strike him as a sophisticated uh, bookworm. Uh, so now you blame it on uh, something. You need to blame it on something. Uh, obviously, you can blame your dog for eating your homework. And that's what, that's what we can hear sometimes, um, that dogs eat uh, students' homework. Uh, but you can blame it on the teacher, of course. That's what happens sometimes, too. Or you can blame it on your pen. It didn't work properly, did it? You should blame it on your own attitude, though. Uh, you were not disciplined enough. You didn't study hard enough, you know. Uh, you didn't beaver away, uh, so to speak. Is that the right expression, beaver away? It just came in naturally. Yeah, that's right. Another one, as far as I remember, uh, if I can remember well, was from Luke's English Podcast, to bend over backwards. So you didn't exactly bend over backwards. So this blaming, this whole blaming thing, it's kind of uh, wrong, is it? But, you know, sometimes uh, uh, we want to pass the responsibility on someone else but us. So we need to blame it on something. So it was the pen on the teacher, or I don't know, it rained too much and um, it affected your thinking ability or whatever. Okay, so this was uh, this was this. Another example might be that you lose a match and you blame it on your football shoes or the weather conditions or the state of the pitch. Okay, that's a typical thing that football players do instead of um, admitting one's own lack of form or something 
the football players tend to put the blame on uh, football shoes or weather or the pitch. Uh, the pitch being the, the grass where football is played, of course, in case you, d you don't know. Uh, okay, another one is a phrase, a verb, to rule out or to rule something out. Um, it was used in a phrase to rule out the possibility. It means to eliminate an option. The weather forecast says that it should rain tomorrow, okay, for example. But it is for forecast, you know, it is just a prediction. You can never rule out the possibility of sudden changes of weather. Uh, meteorology, it's not uh, uh, physics, uh, you know. Uh, it is, there is some laws of physics are applied, of course, but uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, in physics there are laws uh, which always apply, but... Um, uh, okay, I don't know. It should it should also be based on some physics, I guess. But um, let's say uh, the human capacity of predicting this hasn't reached to a point where it would be kind of um, infallible. You know, the humans can't predict too long ahead. Uh, it's just impossible because there are so many factors and uh, the technology is not advanced enough to cover all this or something like this. I don't know. I might be wrong. Um, okay, flying is one of the safest means of transport, beside obviously turtle riding, because turtles are really slow, and uh, I don't know if you um, ride a turtle. Uh, I, I know that y you might object that we don't usually ride turtles, do we? But, you know, if you happen to ride a turtle, um, it's quite quite a safe way of transport, isn't it? Because it it moves slowly, and if you manage to crush someone, if you end up crush crushing, actually or hitting um, another turtle, um, I think probably uh, you wouldn't uh, have to go to hospital, you know, because the injuries that you would suffer wouldn't be uh, kind of serious, right? Um, you would have a lot, a lot of laugh instead or something. But uh, can you really rule out the possibility of a disaster even when you drive or ride, sorry, <laughs> ride a turtle? No, you cannot because anything is possible in this life. Um, it's just life. Um, it's full of surprises, isn't it? Yes, and the turtles and... <clears throat> Excuse me. The turtle can suddenly open its wings and fly upwards. And as a result, you fall off its shell and injure yourself as you land shocked. Turtles don't have wings, I give you that, biologically speaking. But life, as I say, uh, and I have to repeat myself here, because uh, it's really important to reiterate this, life is full of surprises, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Another one is to be through, to be through, plus ing as well. Possibly you are fed up with a person and gradually you can't take it anymore. So you say, I'm through talking to you. It means I'm done talking to you. I had enough. I don't want to see you anymore. If something is through, it is over. It is done. We also use this expression the, to be halfway through, which is an interesting one. Uh, for example, you borrowed a book from a friend a week ago and... This week, he's asking you how far uh, you got in it, uh, uh, how long it would take you to actually return it, because uh, 
he wants to lend it to someone else or I don't know, wants to reread it or I don't know, whatever. And he can say, I'm sorry, my friend, but I'm still just halfway through, which means in the middle of it, okay? So to be through means it's over and uh, to be halfway through means you are in the middle of um, of the action. Uh, you need the other half to complete it. Another expression is to the Achilles heel. Achilles heel. Achilles heel means weakness. Uh, often in spite of overall person's strength, which can actually or potentially lead to a downfall. Achilles, uh, as you know, uh, because you are educated people, aren't you? Uh, I believe I get educated listeners. Um, Achilles was a hero from Greek mythology. And uh, the legend has it that he was dipped into magical river by his mother in order to make him uh, invulnerable. She bathed, bathed uh, her son in this river and um, uh, his heel wasn't covered by the water. Uh, she managed to cover all the parts of his body but the heel. I don't exactly remember why it was so but uh, I don't know if it was just, uh, I don't know, it was just uh, bad bad luck or it was she forgot or I guess she didn't do it on purpose, did she? Probably not. Um, and um, so his, his heel wasn't covered by the water and later in the story he got killed by an arrow wound uh, to his heel. Despite his godly strength, he was a mighty warrior. Uh, he, he possessed uh, divine power. But, um, well, this was his Achilles heel, um, literally. And now nowadays we say that uh, it's... Okay, maybe you're asking... Yourself. Okay, Zdeniak, shouldn't you really first explain what the heel is? Because we don't know. Um, okay, to heal, uh, right. Heal can be a verb, right? H-E-A-L. Uh, to heal someone, it's to cure somebody. Uh, like a doctor can heal or a shaman or a cleric can heal uh, somebody when a person is injured or wounded. But heal can also be a noun uh, uh, spelled with double E, an L. It is the back part of your foot. Okay, so Achilles' heel is your weakness. Let's let me give you an example. I think every English teacher, as a second language, has it, has his or her Achilles' heel. Okay, something that he uh, sucks at. Guess what is mine? Well, it is my handwriting, guys. Whenever I write on board, there's a risk that my students kind of won't get won't be able to decipher it won't be able to read what is written on it and it's a uh, it's a terrible um, it's a terrible weakness isn't it I always try to do my best and over the years I have been trying to work on this I've developed my ways of writing on board but uh, as much as I try hard it is still uh, really my Achilles heel and um, it's like my kind of uh, uh, how could I put it like my stamp you know like my mark um, as a teacher, everybody will remember me for obviously amazing teaching qualities and all that, but also uh, it's a bit mischievous, but that's what students remember as well, like some kind of your weaknesses, which can be cute in a way, right? Um, I mean, we don't we don't like the, the people who are perfect, who know everything just um, like who know everything. We sometimes like 
when people are a little bit vulnerable, right? Because we can find it um, interesting and we can relate to it a bit and all that, okay? So, yeah. Um, so my handwriting, guys, it, it is really bad. So whenever I try to write on board, it's, it's just indecipherable. And I always try to do my best, but um, more or less, I still cannot do it well to a satisfactory level. And it is important for my students to provide some visual support, of course. So I write words that you can learn on board. So it's one of your routines that you write the words that you're teaching on board. And I write it in a kind of a random way and different font sizes and different styles. And uh, sometimes the letters um, really don't resemble the letters they should be resembling, uh, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the most didactic principles which you have to follow as a teacher, you know, to provide uh, visual aid, to prov provide visual support to your students, um, because students can be auditory or visual learners uh, or kinesthetic, uh, but um, a lot of students are uh, visual learners. So, yeah, what, what I need to do is to write... Uh, the, those words that I'm trying or attempting to write in huge letters, in blocks, ideally, and uh, I have to write it slowly. But sometimes I just get overexcited when I teach. Not overexcited, uh, maybe it's uh, too strong. Just excited. Sometimes I get excited and I want to kind of uh, have keep uh, the pace and momentum. So I write it without uh, trying to do it the way um, I should. So slowly... Um, that everybody can read it. Okay, never mind. It's my Achilles heel to write on board. Another word is to occur. Occur means um, appear, but I want to look at this verb in different contexts. Uh, occur, as I said, means to appear or make appearance, but there is a phrase in which it has slightly different meaning. Um, the phrase is, did it occur to you? It means, did you realize... Or did you know? Or did you consider? Did you take into account? It is often used sarcastically if you need to use a slightly mocking tone in conversation or if you want to be funny by using sarcasm. So, for example, I can say, uh, did it occur to you that playing an online game every day is the first stage of developing an addiction? I'm talking to myself, guys, yeah. I was addicted to a game for a very long time and I believe I managed to kick this habit finally. I managed to quit. I don't know if I can believe it myself, but it has been one week for me without the game called Dota, Defense of the Ancients, which I used to play. It was uh, it is a mode to Warcraft 3 and I was addicted to it for a long time. But one week ago I decided to give it up. And so far, I'm succeeding. Uh, let's see if I can keep this up. Hopefully, I can. Please cross me fingers. It's very important for me that I do because it was such time-consuming and time-wasting activity in my life, although it did help me a lot throughout some bad stages of my life. But now, I had to get rid of this because uh, I want to concentrate on things that can actually bring me uh, some results in future, which can actually... Uh, give me some value and it's not certainly a, a computer game so so far i have just little withdrawal syndrome but uh, 
it's it's there. I think what is helping is the fact that the World Cup is on now. You know, the football World Cup in Brazil, and uh, I'm just eager to watch uh, almost every single game. So I'm a huge, massive football fan, as you know. So um, I am uh, onto this. My eyes are fixed on my laptop. I I support England, uh, but uh, I just basically because my team didn't get to World Cup. But uh, you know. If there is a, any team that plays well in the World Cup, uh, can impress me, and um, yeah, so um, um, this is like my substitute: the World Cup, watching football games for Dota, and um, another one could be sport. So hopefully, I will do some more sport than I did because I was a bit busy, not just playing Dota, but you know, I was working because that's what you have to do. Uh, if you want to survive in this world, uh, which is not easy sometimes, you know, you have to get by somehow. And you cannot do it by recording uh, the podcast, which is, uh, after all, a free a free time activity, uh, which just brings you different kind of pleasure, though. I don't want to um, put this down, um, lower its importance, because it is very important for me now to, to carry on with this podcast. Uh, Okay, so did it occur to you that uh, uh, the goal line technology actually works? I mean, uh, it's perfect that we can now decide uh, that the technology will help the referees to decide if the goal actually crossed the line. I mean, um, you know, what? when was it? Was it eight years ago? I think it was eight years ago. Pardon me if I'm wrong, uh, but... Remember the goal that Frank Lampard scored? It was, I believe, against Germany. And he scored a goal, but it wasn't allowed. It was disallowed, despite the fact it crossed the line clearly, but uh, it wasn't visible by the human eye. Uh, the, the referees didn't notice it, and it didn't have any technology support, so they just didn't allow the goal. And uh, uh, the, the English fans and the whole world was furious about this, so... Did it occur to you that the goal line technology is actually working because it was used in one match uh, very well and uh, it seems to be doing a good job so far. So hopefully this will continue and um, we'll have nicely refereed football matches. Okay, another expression is to make it worth somebody's while. I will make it worth your while means... I will do something that will pay off for you. You will reap the benefit from it. Basically, can be talking in financial terms or any other. Uh, if something is worth your while, it means that its results and rewards or benefits surpass the amount of effort that you need to put in in order to achieve it. Simply, the value of it is greater than the time or effort uh, the whole thing requires. The whole action or thing requires. There is a word worthwhile, which is an adjective. You can say it is worth is it worthwhile doing this? It is spelled together as an adjective, worthwhile. We can say doing this podcast is worthwhile for me. I get the sense of accomplishment or I help people and ultimately I develop my own English speaking skills by doing this. Hopefully that's this is my idea. And I also met some interesting people throughout this podcast with whom I uh, keep in touch. So um, um, I think it has been worthwhile 
for me. It has been worth uh, my while doing this. And um, um, I'm trying to make it worth your while too, you know, by um, recording this episode now. Another one is to refrain from, to refrain from. It means not to do something as you planned it to do. To avoid doing something, to hold back from doing something. As a teacher, you should refrain from overly criticizing your students. Or they will lose their motivation or interest in the subject you're teaching. If you call someone stupid all the time, it can be the impulse reflex, um, of course, because uh, we're just humans, uh, sometimes we just lose it, right? We lose temper uh, because we may have a bad day or, I don't know, we are just ill-tempered people. And um, you are a human being, after all, as I say, you know. It's the pain in the ass if your student makes the same mistake for 100th time, but you must take a deep breath and refrain from losing temper because it's contraproductive actually not as a teacher not just as a teacher but let's say you have a partner and it just doesn't work out uh, it just doesn't work um, does it you know because it happens often that even partners argue and uh, have problems and stuff yeah so um, you should refrain from um, losing the temper or Refrain can have another meaning as a noun. It refers to the most catchy part, usually melody, with lyrics of a song. Uh, Something that repeats and has a prominent pattern in a song, you know. Do you know that song, Hey Baby? Hey, hey baby, I want to know if you be my girl. Hey, hey baby. I want to know if you be my girl. So this this song is called Hey Baby. And the part which I was trying to sing. uh, I'm I'm really sorry to those of you who can't take this. Um, I apologize. Uh, Please forgive me. I'm not a singer. I can't sing well. I don't don't have a musical hearing talent or whatever. I know that it was out of tune. Please just don't take it seriously as just uh, doing this for pedagogical reason okay i was singing for pedagogical reason to make sure you understand what the word refrain can mean as a noun okay so it's this part of the song which repeats which is catchy and you listen to this couple of times and this is the first thing you remember you know the refrain Uh, okay another expression is to fill someone in you probably know that fill in the form uh, means to um, uh, take a pen and write certain things in a in a form. You know, when you want some, uh, for example, I don't know, um, application, job application form, or um, if you want to ask for visa, you have to fill in some forms, and so on. That that I'm I'm sure you know um, to fill something in. But you can fill somebody in actually. Uh, which means to to give someone necessary information about something. Two friends meet and one has a story to tell and start. Did you know that Thomas and Jane are together? Uh, nope. Fill me in. Well, it's absurd that they always hated each other, you know, but now they just, you know, I've seen them together kissing. Can you believe it? 
No, I can't. Right, so fill me in, you know, give me the details, tell me more. Uh, the next expression is uh, the rain check or take a rain check. This is an interesting one. Originally, it meant a ticket stop entitling the holder to admission to a future event if the scheduled event was cancelled because of rain. Um, it's used nowadays when you tell someone that he cannot accept an invitation now, but you would like to do so at a later time, or you just want to reschedule the event. For example, I'm tired today. Could we do the barbecue another day? Uh, I know it was planned for today, but could we do it another game, uh, day? Um, you know, could we take the rain check? Could we take a rain check, please? Right? So that's what it means. Okay, another expression. I just have to speed this up a bit because I'm running out of time. In 10 minutes, um, there is another game on, and it's, I believe, the USA against Ghana. And I want to see this because it might be an interesting game. Okay, so another expression is to take a detour. Uh, it means to take a different, usually longer way because the one you originally meant to go for is blocked for some reason. There is an obstacle in the way. Um, let's see. You want to go to the city center. Uh, you studied your route on a Google Maps. You have a GPS with you. Everything seems to be going according to plan until you notice the traffic sign diversion, uh, which obviously man means that you are forced to take a detour through an adjacent forest. Unfortunately, while taking the detour, you run out of your petrol and you have to stop the car in the forest. You take your hand tank, uh, you pick your hand tank and you go to the nearest petrol station, fill it up and um, when, when you come back, uh, you notice that your car is gone. Somehow it's gone and it must mean that someone stole it or it just uh, decided to go uh, even though there was no petrol in it. Uh, it's really weird, isn't it? When, like, how could it get stolen if there is no petrol in it? Maybe, maybe the thief um, was an was, was a ingenious type of a thief and he carried some um, spare petrol on him. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, uh, it gets stolen, so you can say, so much for taking the detour, so much for taking the detour. And then you wake up because this was a stupid dream, uh, and you realize you dreamt this dream just to give another example of, of the expression that you want to teach your listeners, okay? Okay, another one is out of somebody's hands. If something is out of one's hands, it's out of the person's control. If something is out of uh, your hands, you basically cannot do anything about it. You cannot change the decision or course of actions. For example, early in the morning you took an exam and now it's the afternoon and your friend kind of comes up to you and wishes you good luck. But it's, it's a bit late, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you can say, all right, thanks for being so nice to me, but it's kind of out of my hands now, you know. I took the exam in the morning, so it's... It's a bit pointless, actually, to wish me good luck. You know, I know it's very nice of you. Uh, you're being friendly, but it's really pointless. You know, you, you, you don't have to wish me good luck now. Uh, it's futile. Um, you know, it's out of my hands. It is the examiners who have to mark my test and assess it. Now, it's in their hands, not in mine. There's nothing I can do at this point, can I? 
unless I know one of the examiners, maybe um, I could uh, bribe the examiners. But no, I wouldn't do this, of course, because I'm an honest person. I would never, ever do such thing, okay? If it's out of my hands, it's out of my hands, okay? It's in somebody else's hands, and I'm not gonna um, backdoor, okay? Right, the next expression is... Um, it's how I'm gonna call this podcast episode, I think. Sorry, my camera has just fallen into my lap, surprisingly, so I need to put it back um, so that I can record this. Uh, where was I? Yeah, vicious circle. Vicious circle means that one problem leads to another and it becomes a never-ending story, in a bad way, obviously. You want to improve your situation, but whatever you do, it all goes wrong. And you either end up where you started, or you create new problems or experience, or some unexpected hiccups, or bummers. For example, you're at school, and um, let's go back to this teacher who is assessing your, uh, your test or something. You decide that maybe... Honesty is not the best policy, and you decide to buy a Coke to your teacher, you know, Coca-Cola. Uh, but um, when you are actually saying uh, your teacher what you what you have brought for him, you kind of make a terrible mistake in pronunciation. Instead of saying, Mr. Teacher, I brought you a Coke here, could you please help me with the with the marking, you know, one point here and there, you know. We could make it work somehow, couldn't we? I stretch your back, you stretch mine. But instead of saying, Mr. Teacher, I brought you a Coke, you humiliate yourself by saying something slightly different. You change a vowel sound there by mistake and um, you say something, in fact, um, inappropriate. The teacher gets angry, of course, uh, uh, for two reasons. Because you want to bribe the teacher and teachers never get bribed, of course, because... Uh, that's what teachers shouldn't do, right? Uh, secondly, the teacher gets angry because you use rude words, okay, the swear words. And what he uh, gives you as a punishment, so, so he says, okay, write this word on board. And he cocked it up too, because your spelling is horrible and your handwriting is something like mine. And this teacher gets angry even more. He gets pissed off. And in Bart Simpson's style, you know, from The Simpsons, you're asked to write the word with correct spelling hundred times, actually. And um, then you get a detention, so you have to stay at school a bit longer. Uh, the teacher invites your family over and they talk the shit out of you. Uh, you know, it's just a vicious circle. You wanted to do something nice, maybe, but... Um, you end up having all sorts of problems. It, ha it, it was a vicious circle. So, vicious circle is every time you try hard, it is just a vicious circle. The more you try, the worse outcome for you. Okay? Another word is to prioritize. It means to choose what has more importance for you um, on and kind of an invisible scale, you know? To choose something as a priority. Priority is a noun. Prioritize is a verb. Let's say you have more things to do on your to-do list, um, or as, as Luke says in Luke's English podcast, uh, the bucket list. You uh, have to choose 
which ones to do first, right? To wash up or record a podcast or prepare an English lesson or watch a football match, um, a World Cup match. Obviously, now that the World Cup is on, that's an easy decision for me to do, isn't to make, isn't it? Once you make the decision, you can say that you have prioritized. Okay, you have uh, chosen your priority, you have prioritized. The bottom line is, is another expression. It's kind of connected with the previous one, because the bottom line means the most basic, the most basic part of a situation to consider. It can mean the ultimate result, the upshot, also the main point or crucial factor, the bottom line. I have to confess this expression was the hardest for me to find examples for. To tell you the truth, I had to find some on the internet. Here are five examples I found and don't ask me to explain them. I decided to let you use your own wits this time to kind of analyze this. So here you go. I'm going to read you five examples I found on the internet. Okay. A. The bottom line is that time travel is allowed by the laws of physics. B. The bottom line is nobody knows how the brain works. C. The bottom line is they can't possibly have remorse for all the damage they do to people's lives. D. The bottom line is that argue that, excuse me, that aging academics are potentially blocking job opportunities for younger scholars. Uh, not arguing academics, but aging means getting old. Um, E. The bottom line is that these medications often relieve the patient's suffering and this is why doctors prescribe them. Fascinating, right? Absolutely riveting. Did you get it? Like bottom line, um, the bottom line is, it's like the most important or the, the most crucial factor or just the, the most basic part of something to consider. It's a bit hard one for me to comprehend, but I'm trying, I'm trying hard. All right, uh, I'm back. Uh, unfortunately, there were some technical problems yesterday uh, when I was recording this episode. It was too long. Uh, I think it reached some limit or something. So today I'm recording again and uh, I might possibly have a different voice or intonation or there might be a slightly different acoustics. So don't get scared. Uh, don't uh, get flabbergasted because uh, it's still me. And uh, all I need to do now is to tell you the last expression which I chose from the episode about pet and mat. And the expression is, when push comes to shove. Uh, when push comes to shove. It's an idiom. It's an English idiom. Uh, you can say this when situation gets more intense or active. Uh, so, for example, it's often used in time clauses uh, which are introduced with when. Uh, so, when push comes to shove, we will need to get involved. When push comes to shove, I'm ready to uh, use my weapon. When push comes to shove, I'm ready to compete. Uh, when push comes to shove, we will have to take the initiative. So, it means when things get worse or intense, we will need to do something. We will need to take an action, even though uh, the original idea might be to hold back, you know, because we didn't want to meddle. Sometimes it is better to mind your own business, but when push comes to shove, it becomes inevitable that you interfere, you know. That's what it means. That's it. 
that's it for this long episode. There were more idioms uh, in the in the pattern mat dialogue. More lexical chunks uh, were inserted in it. I hope you have noticed. Maybe you even tried to write them down and analyze them. Maybe you had to use a dictionary. Whatever you had to do with it, I just hope it was kind of useful for you and possibly you will remember some of them. Ideally, you should study this in context. You should learn the personalized sentences which are about yourselves or just use some mnemonics or something. Uh, like always, I will appreciate any sort of feedback in form of comments, emails, thumbs up or anything. I'll gladly welcome you in my Facebook group, Stenyx English Podcast. It's easily to be found on the internet, just write Stenyx, that's Z-D-E-N-E-K apostrophe S, Stenyx English Podcast, and it will direct you to my Facebook group, where you can join me in a discussion underneath the episodes, uh, where you can kind of encourage me by giving me thumbs up, or just wait for some up-to-date information on the the latest episodes. Next time, I'm going to air the episode with Yirka, who has come back from the Himalayas, and with whom I managed to record a brand new interview. I think it's great stuff. Yirka is back, alive, he survived the trip, and he really had a lot to say. It's gonna be a real treat for you. The episode is already under development, so you can expect this to be published soon. And I'm sure you are all curious and excited. So my advice is don't miss episode number 60 of the X-English podcast. That's it from me for now. Thanks for listening. And until next time, ta-da!